When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with G Young Yu. G Young stars as co-lead in the six part limited series expats i think i learn a little bit with every character that i play i think usually i play a character and it causes enough introspection that i learn something about myself i honestly can't gush enough about freaky tales i'm so excited to share it with more people if you like what you hear be sure to review like and subscribe to the scene to scene podcast there's plenty to celebrate in march and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com Conair is spreading love and celebrating women. Not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girl Bomb. Girl Bomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self care. So, to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you, and treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. All right, uh, Michael. Yes. For this episode, admittedly, uh-huh. I wanted to get you like caviar or something. Yeah, but the, perfect. I know. The problem, though, was I was like, how can I possibly expense this to like my boss, my boss's boss and like the accounts no. payable team? So I got you a very expensive pastry. Yes. Called a key lime baby bunt. Oh, I love. Key- yes. I always get key lime pie. Yes. So I got you an expensive looking. Wow. That is expensive of- looking. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, let me describe this to you. It looks like the crown that the queen would wear, and then shoved in the middle are three fresh raspberries. Only the best. Thank you for this. Okay, so this is because Aston Martin is the team today. Aston Martin's the team. There's a metaphor in this somehow, that they are the key lime baby bunt of the grid. <laughs> I don't know this how. This is too many things in a, in a pastry. Key, but that, that, again, that, that's a good metaphor for them, actually. Yes, yeah. too much in a pastry. Yeah, okay, great. So, I'm going to have a bite. Go for it. Okay. Yes, please tell me how it is. Mm. Let me see if I can chew real close to the mic. ASMR, yes. There's some nice lime, mm-hmm. some nice sweetness. It's, it feels good in my mouth. It's not, the, it's not the first time I've said that today. And it feels like they need to decide what this pastry is. 
It's too many things at once. Ooh, yes. From iHeartRadio and Sports Illustrated Studios, this is Choosing Sides. F1. Today's team, Aston Martin, I feel like they are a lesson in contradictions. They're a new team, but they're also kind of historic and have a really storied name behind them. They're a team that tries to be calm on the surface and cool and collected, but then they've got a chaotic backstory. Mm-hmm. And then they've also got two drivers who could not be more different in terms of background and and race history and just, I think, general demeanor as well. Right. So on top of being this lesson in contradictions... We're going to be talking about just piles and piles of money, much of it illegally obtained. Ooh. So we've got a lot of drama. If white-collar crime is your thing, it is. this is the episode for you. Great. We've got, we've got another episode where there's a real, a real high point in the, the daddy issue Mount Olympus, right? Like yeah. we're, we're reaching that peak again. It's been a little while since we've had someone with this, this level right. of, of dad stuff going on. So plenty to, to get to today. Okay. So first and foremost, Michael, when I say Aston Martin, mm-hmm. what, what comes to mind for you? James Bond. Of course. I think that's it. There we go. I've never touched an Aston Martin. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't even know if I've ever seen one other than on mm-hmm. TV. Mm-hmm. I think I'm in a similar boat. I, I yeah. don't think I've, I've just certainly never driven one or come yeah. close to driving yeah. one. I, I don't think I'm rich enough to even like be in the presence of one. So yeah. when I heard that Aston Martin had a team on Formula One, I assumed that they would be a championship team. The assumption makes sense. Yeah, it is not correct, which exactly. is fun. Again, it, lesson in contradiction. Exactly. Yeah. Like it just feels like it should be a, a number one team. So let's let's learn about it. Let's let's talk Aston Martin. So. They are a car manufacturer founded in 1913, uh, very much associated with with British culture and obviously a a luxury brand, as we discussed, obviously known for being the car of James Bond. And it's also the vehicle of choice for certain members of the British royal family. Ah. Apparently, I think it's like Prince Charles who like demands to be driven around in an Aston Martin. My old Aston Martin, which I've had for 51 years, that runs on, can you believe this? surplus English white wine. Oh, God. Um, Yeah, I know. So Aston Martin in F1. The year is 1959. They entered the- 1959. Exactly. That's exactly how James Bond says it. Yes. Nailed the accent. Uh, So they enter, they use their own engine and their own chassis, and they fail to score a single point. (sighs) So things are not looking great, but they say, hey, we'll give it the old college try again. Go into the 1960 season, again, score zero points. Mm. So at this point, they say, nope, we're done. We're not doing this again. It's kind of humiliating, and we're this luxury brand, and we're not winning. And, like, it's just not good for us, right? So they they leave, and they proceed to not touch Formula One for over 60 years. Wow. Yeah. They really had some humble pie there. Yeah. So they said, no, thank you, JK, goodbye, Mm -hmm. for for a Mm -hmm. very long time. Mm -hmm. So they don't show up again until... The start of the 2021 season. However, part of Aston, the fun of Aston Martin isn't necessarily the Aston Martin team of today. It's the collection of people who've made up a version of this team under different names. So we're going to have to like back up before we go forward. As we've discussed with Formula One teams, 
they get they change hands a lot, right? Different people buy them, they sell them, they change the brand when they get bought or sold. They randomly change the brand, even if the same people own it. This is very common in Formula One because starting a Formula One team from scratch is just outrageously expensive, yeah. even more so than just buying one with all the people already attached, the factory, and, and all of that yeah. stuff. So yeah. the year is 2007, and there are two businessmen who are interested in buying an F1 team. One of them is an Indian businessman, the main character, the protagonist of this part of the story. Okay. The biggest, most flamboyant example of the rich and the powerful and the high life is none other than Dr. Vijay Malia. Vijay Malia or Malia, depending on who is talking. What kind of doctor are you? A fake one. Oh, so you just, what, just like an honorary degree or something? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. Do I look like a doctor? And a Dutch businessman named Michael Mole, who's less of a, a of a character. But VJ is a massive F1 fan. He really wants to bring. He has this vision of bringing an Indian presence to the sport. Mm -hmm. He's just a massive personality. He's got lots of opinions. Mm -hmm. He's very flashy. I drive a Mercedes. I have a BMW. I fool around with a Porsche and a Maserati occasionally. One makes do with um, whatever one can find or get. My favorite fun fact is that. He's called uh, in India king of the good times because mm. he has this uber extravagant lifestyle, mm. has all these houses, spends all this money. Even on the team is kind of known for being a little bit ostentatious. Mm -hmm. And their first two seasons at Force India are a little bit dicey. But the team starts scoring points in 2009. They start to rack up a few podiums. Victory for that man, Vijay Malia of India. And the team that he has wanted to own his whole life. And really excitedly by the kind of mid 2010s, you know, we're getting to 2016, 2017, they actually have two years where they finish P4 in the constructors. Wow. Force India. Force India. So everything's looking great. People like the fact that sometimes an underdog comes through and does the business. Yeah, I think that's what makes uh, Formula One all the more interesting. Uh, it also shows that with a small budget, you can uh, achieve results. Here's what's going on behind the scenes. So, so yeah, we're at 2016, 2017. Our friend Vijay here, you're probably wondering, how does he have all this money? And that's a question lots of people want the answer to. So if we're going even all the way back to 2012, he starts to get into some financial trouble back in India. People are looking into finances, realizing that some things aren't adding up. And a lot of little tiny things are starting to, to come to the surface. In 2016, Vijay suddenly picks up from India and moves to Britain. I have information he was carrying 11 pieces of baggage, 11 pieces of onboard baggage. Coincidentally, that move coincides with Indian law enforcement and other agencies starting to come after him to try and arrest him for yeah, white collar financial crimes. Mm. There were 17 Indian banks trying to collect the equivalent of $1.2 billion in loans that Vijay had taken out to gain stakes in over three dozen companies worldwide. Wow. Have politicians allowed Vijay Malia to get away? Have the politicians of India deliberately turned a blind eye to what has been happening for the last four years? Not looking good. Right. And then it gets to a point, too, because he did this with, you know, around the globe, there are now dozens of agencies all over the world looking into him for money laundering and financial fraud, among many other charges. Right now, things are flying at me fast and furious. My passport has been revoked. I don't know what the government is going to do next. So this is all sort of, like I said, building up. And by 2018, all of this explodes. Vijay Malia has lost control 
of his fourth India Formula One team. This has left him devastated. So that's our guy Vijay. Thank you, Vijay, for the the, the fun white collar crime. Rich people, they're not really that rich. They're just good at like moving money around say, until, until somebody calls them out on their shit. Exactly. Exactly. So that's Vijay. Okay. So he, he sort of exits our story at this point. So this starts to take us to present day leadership because, you know, there's this consortium of investors that that buys the team and saves them. And the guy who's leading the charge of this group of rich people, so the richie rich of the richie riches, is a Canadian fashion and retail billionaire named Lawrence Stroll. Mm-hmm. Which already just sounds mm-hmm. like a rich person name. Stroll doesn't sound fast either, does it? Yeah. What's also funny is his last name is actually Strulovich, and he changed it so that it would sound less kind of like foreign. And he right. was in his family immigrant family, so he right. changed it to make it sound okay. a little more imposing and a little more businessy. If you're gonna change your name, change it to like won the race. <laughs> Lawrence Formula One champion. We will be referring to him for the rest of this episode as Daddy Stroll, okay. and you will soon see why. Yep. I'm going to show you some photos of Lawrence Stroll so you can get an idea of what we're dealing with here. Hold on. Okay. Here is Lawrence Stroll. Okay. Lawrence Stroll, three pictures, long face, mm-hmm. long face, white hair, white beard, big, deep chin. It looks imposing. Yeah, like a... a a caricature and you know drawer would have a field day with this guy's face. Yeah, he would, he would need like legal paper because it need to be so long. Yeah, and then the, in the middle picture, there's a woman who's very beautiful. It's his wife, his it's current his wife. wife. Okay, she looks like she's about eighteen years old. Lawrence Stroll gives off this super villain kind of vibe. You like want him to have like a fluffy white cat and like sitting, in sitting an in a swivel chair, just like petting the cat. That's what you you just picture. This is Kate Lazat and Nicole Sievers. They are co-creators of Two Girls One Formula. Honestly, like I really just appreciate the energy he's bringing to Formula One. I think he knows the part that he plays and he plays it really well. He doesn't try to be liked by anyone. He's like, I'm here to make this the best business that I can. And Formula One is a business. Everyone should keep that in mind for all decisions made about this sport. How did Daddy Stroll make his money? So he owns a bunch of different like fashion conglomerates in Canada and kind of owns all these different yeah fashion houses there and some retail stuff. Yeah. And as you can tell, he's a very imposing guy. Um, He's very forceful. He makes his opinion known. He makes he makes sure you're aware that he is the team owner who has a lot of money. Right. Uh, and he's been known to butt heads with quite a few members of leadership over time. All right. So he steps in to yes. save Force India. Yes. And uh, let me guess. He's not so perfect either. So he has a son mm-hmm. named Lance. And Lance is like, you know what, Dad? I want to be a Formula One driver. I want a Oompa Loompa, Daddy. <laughs> so prior to this whole... Force India Racing Point conundrum. Driver Lance is saying to Daddy Stroll, yeah, I want to drive an F1. You know, he did okay. We'll get it more into Lance's history in a little bit. But he did okay in the junior formulas. So he's like, I want to drive an F1. And so his dad goes to a little fan favorite team called Williams and says, hey, Williams. Again, this is like mid-2010s. He's like, you guys really are not doing well financially. I have some money for you, like a lot of money. Like, I think it's $80 million worth of money or something to that effect. Whoa. It wouldn't be great if I could give you that money if Lance were to show up in that seat. That seems crazy. Yes. That that's allowed. So this is actually a perfect introduction to a term that you've you've heard me use but not really go into. It's called pay driver. Yeah. So there's a lot of 
discussion over who and what is a pay driver. But at the very least, everyone's in agreement that if, especially if like a family member or or you use kind of personal connections to guarantee a lot of money to a team to get a seat, like that's a pay driver. So obviously in Formula One, you do need to still have the requisite number of super license points. Like there are, you can't just have anyone who's rich buy a okay. seat. Yeah, yeah. But still, you might have some drivers who normally wouldn't be under consideration for seats because someone, you know, is guaranteeing on their personal behalf a seat on the on the grid. Usually there are concessions made for them and, and things like that. So Lance Stroll comes into Formula One very much a pay driver under the thumb of his father, Daddy Lawrence Stroll. Is Yuki at AlphaTauri considered a pay driver? He's not, though. There's a couple of cases like Yuki where there are some other influences that yeah. sort of help their case. But I think people especially – again, there's a lot of debate over yeah, where this title – Yeah, because I have certain yeah. friends who do say, like, these eight drivers are pay drivers. Or yeah. it's also not someone who's necessarily rich. Like, you, you can be a rich person who still gets into F1 on yeah. your own merit yeah. and doesn't have a, a parent, you know, saying, I'm going to give $80 million to a team to get you a seat. Everyone is in agreement, though, that Lance Stroll is a pay driver. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, everyone's debating Yuki or another guy, yeah. Zhou Guanyu, who has some connections to some Chinese, maybe Chinese right, government or right, business. Right, right. But everyone's in agreement Lance Stroll is a pay driver through and through. Oh, it's just such a rough way to start. Yeah. No one gives you any respect right, right exactly. out of the gate. Exactly. Yeah. And he does have a rough go of it. Williams is doing terribly at this point, really in the toilet, and it just keeps going downhill. And so Lawrence said, all right, fuck it. I'm buying my own team for Lance. Um, and so then he buys Racing Point. Lance becomes a Racing Point driver. And, you know, the rest is kind of history. But this past year, they have become – not this past year, last year. Yeah, before the 2021. Sorry. They're all blending together. Um Became Aston Martin, and so now they're this iconic green color. I love the color palette yes. one. Anyway, Daddy Stroll takes over the team or, or gets you know some ownership of the team after 2018, rebranded to just Racing Point. They dropped the whole Force India name for a variety of obvious reasons. And yeah, Daddy Stroll takes the helm. His son Lance is in one of the two seats. The other seat uh, is our buddy Checo, who keeps popping up too. Checo! Checo, actually, the bulk of his career was spent at Force India slash Racing Point. Okay. So he was there for like, I think, seven or eight seasons uh, between all their different names. So he's he's seen a lot. So Has Lance made a podium or anything? He has. Yeah, we'll get into Lance. Oh. It's a little more complicated. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so the this racing point iteration of the team ends on a high note. They do get P4 in the constructors championship. So we're like, okay, you know, it's That's it's, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And uh here's then what Daddy Stroll continues to enter the story again and again. Uh Daddy Stroll buys a 16.7% stake in Aston Martin around this time. He kind of uses that stake to help get the team to be the brand, you know, the, the name behind an F1 team, not just a sponsor. So then starting with 2021, they become Aston Martin. Okay, so that's the history. What does the team look like now? So Aston Martin is definitely a midfield team. Okay. They finished in P7 in the standings in 2021, and they have really been struggling in 2022 with the new regulations. You haven't told me one thing about this team that's likable so far. Why are we still talking about them? Can we move on to the next team? I I will say I think you're going to like the first driver on this team we're going to talk about. It better not be Daddy Stroll's kid. It's Lance. No, I'm kidding. It's not Lance. <laughs> Quick break and we'll be back. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. 
Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Billy Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to, like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. 
So we're going to actually talk about a driver who has come up quite a bit over the season so yes, far. Yes, you've mentioned this yes. driver's name a lot. Yes, we got Sebastian Vettel. Yes. Yeah, so we finally get to dive into to Seb. Okay. He is okay. called Seb, often on the grid. So Seb is, in fact, an icon, a legend in Formula One. He, as we've already discussed, he's a four-time world champion, got all four of That's those championships yeah, in a row. That's a lot. He's really been a stalwart. I mean, he's been yeah. there for a decade and a half. He's only 34 now as of this recording. Right. So he's he's old and yet young <laughs> for, right. for the sport of F1. Right. Very experienced, too. Yeah. And and also comes from some more humble beginnings. Uh, he, he didn't come from money. His dad was actually a carpenter. Huh. And uh, he's German. German driver, Sebastian Vettel. He started karting just recreationally at the age of three, but started taking it more seriously around you know late elementary school, so around eight-ish. And he became part of this really primitive Red Bull junior team. He really started to quickly distinguish himself in in kind of senior karting and then these junior open wheel racing categories. And finally, in 2006, he is called up to the BMW Sauber team before very quickly jumping over to Toro Rosso, now yes. known as Alpha Tauri. So um, what is interesting is Seb could be a little bit obnoxious, right? Very brash, very hyper-competitive, especially when he's young. He is still to this day the youngest Formula One driver to win the world title. I think he beats Max by like X number of days and months or, or wow. whatnot. He was one of the youngest ever. He won his first one at 23. So you had a guy who had a lot of money and power yeah. and fame yeah. at a very young age. He's this young kid who suddenly, you know, is catapulted in this very alpha male team yeah. of Red Bull. Yeah. He was a guy they had to make a rule. He used to do donuts after winning championships. Right. Right. We'd get on top of the car and do the big, you know, like yeah. yell with the arms and the fists in the air. So definitely a showy guy, not particularly like externally humble. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. In his younger years. Kills the game. Four years. Yeah. Four world championships. He hits a little bit of a slump uh, the year after his fourth championship. So in 2015, he makes the move to Ferrari, and and he does do well. He finishes P3 in the championship, driver's championship one year. He gets two P2 finishes behind Lewis Hamilton, mm -hmm. though it's not necessarily super close because Mercedes, as we know, is really on a tear with, with their bajillion constructors' championships and, and driver's championships. And we talked about this a little bit in the Ferrari episode, but... They decide they want to move in a different direction. The big drama is that they basically announce at the start of the 2020 season right. that they are not going to keep Seb after that season, which I think everyone would agree was a real kind of PR strategy nightmare. I love you and I want to be with you, but we're going to break up in a year. Yeah, in like nine more months. And yeah. we're in this, you know, this super expensive high stakes yeah. sport where you could die at any time. But like, right. we're, we're done. So like, yeah. So and it's a real also like. It isn't, in fact, me. It is you. Right. <laughs> so right, 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 right. He then ends up choosing to go to the about-to-be-renamed Aston Martin yeah. team uh, starting in 2021. So why keep Sebastian Vettel around? Why keep an older driver around if, if he's not really winning over and over again? So one of the things that's really great about Seb, and this was even said about him when he was a younger driver, he's very good at the technical aspects of the sport. Sure. And it's been said that he can take the team through how he felt at every corner, yeah. every turn. He remembers when something malfunctions or how it felt or he didn't like this call or that. So he can ha he has like perfect recall of all of this stuff yeah. and knows how to talk about it in engineering terms. 
Again, not every driver can do that. And even Lance has sort of joked, not Daddy Stroll, but the son, Lance, has joked about like, yeah, suddenly our, our debriefs after races are like two hours long because right, Seb can right, re- literally remember. Right. And he's like, I, I didn't even think of half this stuff. And Seb can remember all of it and can can like feel the car as he's talking about it. So that's that's huge for teams, right? How much feedback that is if you have a driver who can speak your language. Right, right. And, and how that can help just the team, you know, years after he leaves because they have all of this data from him. I could see that being very valuable. He also can be a very entertaining driver to watch when he's really on it or, or in it. Um, yep. I'd say, too, personality-wise, this is where Seb's kind of done a 180, or I think the public perception of Seb has done a 180. You know, like I said, he was really kind of brash. It's not fun when someone's winning all the time, as you yeah. said about yeah. Mercedes and Red Bull yeah. and even Ferrari at times. And so Seb, Seb was always kind of, you know, he'd be a little bit of a prankster, a little bit of a jokester in interviews. Uh, but in, in his, his mid, I would say middle age, like in his 30s, uh, it, it's, it's definitely come across differently. So now, for instance, he is married. He does have three kids. And he really is like the king of the dad joke. Love it. He's also, interestingly, very much into compartmentalizing his personal life and his professional life. So he has, yeah, he has a wife and three kids. They have not been seen on the track in years. In fact, huh. his son was born like three years ago. We still don't know his name. He's never come to a race. And Seb married like his high school sweetheart. That's cool. And then on top of that, you know, he's the other driver other than Lewis who's starting to really be known for activism. So okay. in particular, he is very into talking about environmentalism. Cool. And I'll show you some photos in a second. Uh, he always comes in on the to the track. Most drivers drive in, you know, in some sort yeah. of like the Ferrari drivers come in Ferraris, the Aston right. Martin, you know. Lance comes in an Aston Martin. Uh, Seb bikes <laughs> into it. yeah, so he kind of has this you know a nor- also a normal bike you know right and and he'll stop and take photos with people on the way in and has his little helmet his like dad I love helmet. it yeah very great. nerdy yeah yeah um, he also after Silverstone last year after the race so he's obviously exhausted he actually went up in the stands and picked up litter and so there's now been a movement of fans who pick up litter at races after well, yeah. afterwards hello yeah. everybody good job on top of that he is very supportive of the LGBTQ community great and actually wore like the you know the rainbow flag on his helmet in a Middle Eastern country to make the point <laughs> great, great it's almost like we've watched Sebastian grow up yeah Seb's got all the likability for this team yeah, he, he he really his back must hurt from having yes, to carry, carry the likability factor. The likability boulder. Exactly. For Aston Martin. Exactly. It is difficult to be Sebastian Vettel. This is I love it. I love this story. I love the cocky kid who was excellent now who's picking up litter in the track. It's just a beautiful story. Yeah. Yeah. This is very likable. Yeah, right? Very likable. Um I hereby announce my retirement from Formula 1 by the end of the 2022 season. Probably I should start with a long list of people to thank now. Oh my God! I, I was I liked I liked him. You really really liked him. He was a cool guy, man. I love this sport. It has been central to my life since I can remember. I mean, he's not dead. Being a racing driver has never been my sole identity. So he joined Instagram to announce his retirement <laughs> after never having social media in a video where it it looks a little bit like a hostage crisis situation. Mm. I'm Sebastian father of three children and husband to a wonderful woman very close up Mm -hmm. black and white Mm -hmm. but he said he wants to spend more time with his family and there are a lot of social causes that he wants to put more of his energy into i believe there is still a race to win farewell and thanks for letting me share the track with you i loved every bit of it and may we all not be judged by our first instagram video 
uh, but, but poor Seb. But uh, yeah. people are obviously very sad, and it's kind of the end of an era yeah. with him leaving. Yeah. We wish him the best. But unfortunately, Michael Costa down to only 19 drivers to choose from. This is a big, this is a big loss and affects the trajectory of this podcast, but we will adapt. We will adapt. And we will make it be a strength of ours. Yes. How very motivational of you. <laughs> so he's Seb's out. So then what is that means there's an empty seat, right? There is. And so we get to talk about yes. something called silly season in real time. Slide whistle. That was actually really excellent. <laughs> I had no idea where you were going with this. Yohai is impressed as well. Yeah. I'm a clown. <laughs> I'm essentially a clown. So, okay. So silly season is a phrase we hear not just in F1, but in motorsports and just in news in general. Basically, F1 silly season typically takes place during the summer, the August summer break, mm-hmm. which sure enough, Seb announces retirement right before the last race prior to the break. And so here's what has transpired. There are multiple threads here. Let me first interrupt. Yes. Unbelievably fun and entertaining that this sport has something called silly season. Yes. These men in their carbon fiber death traps <laughs> stop to have It's excellent. It may, it's excellent. I love it. So what do we have to expect from Silly Season? We have got the greatest game of musical chairs mm. going on. Mm. I'm going to try and take you through this. Okay. And for all the listeners who are big F1 fans, remember that Michael is new. Yeah. So I'm trying to break this down simply. So Seb announces his retirement the following day. So that is then August 1st at 4 a.m. Eastern time Oof. in the U.S. The news breaks from Europe that our pal... The pettiest man alive, whom I love, Fernando Alonso mm-hmm. from Alpine, mm-hmm. is moving to Aston Martin. One seat's filled, which leaves an open seat at Alpine. Yes. Right. So Alpine has a very talented young driver in their kind of driver development program. Mm-hmm. Named Oscar Piastri. Yeah. Oscar, there's a lot of hype around him. He won Formula Three his very first year competing in it. So wow. that lower formula, the same in Formula Two. Wow. And very few drivers are able to do that. So there's a lot of questions around is he a you know a generational talent? What's the deal right. with Oscar? He has just completely moved up these ranks so right. quickly. Uh, unfortunately for him last year. There was no seat for him on the grid, so he. We we spoke about that exactly. Yeah, yeah. and how they, yeah, he kind of got shafted a little bit. Exactly, okay. and it's pretty well known. While he kind of goes along with all the Alpine promo stuff, he wants to be driving. Yeah. So, yeah. so a yeah. day after Fernando Alonso announces, "Hey, I'm moving to Aston Martin. Peace out." Alpine puts out a statement saying, "Great news." Oscar Piastri, the guy you all wanted to see in this seat, is an Alpine. Isn't Great. that lovely? We have solved this very simple issue. It seems pretty simple to me. Yeah. But it's not called simple season, is it, Lily? It is not, Michael. It's you called are correct. silly season. People notice within a couple minutes, hey, Oscar's not posting anything to his social media. Oh, snap. And then sure enough... He puts out the most iconic tweet of all time. 
where he says, I understand that without my agreement, Alpine F1 have put out a press release late this afternoon that I am driving for them next year. This is wrong, and I have not signed a contract with Alpine for 2023. I will not be driving for Alpine next year. Holy shit. Yes. Not just, we haven't figured out the agreement, it's not officially signed, but I am not driving for them. He brought the hammer down. Whoa. How could this be, how can they be on such different planets? So... That's a great question. Thank you. To which uh, I say no one really knows. And everyone's asking the exact same questions right now. How can this be? How did none of these contracts get vetted or or figured out before all these big public announcements? What seems to be happening currently, Oscar, when he put out those feelers, one of the teams he has been cozying up to, or at least his management has, is McLaren. Yeah. Again, silly season, rumors, drama, intrigue. No one actually knows. So as of now... We don't know who's in the second Alpine seat for next year. We don't know what's going on with Oscar Piastri's career. What's up for grabs at this point Okay, on the grid? Yes. Well, here's what's officially up for grabs. The seat at Alpine. Right. We'll talk about Alfa Romeo shortly. Mm-hmm. Their rookie driver, Zhou Guan Yu. Yuki Sonoda still doesn't officially have an extension. One of the seats at Williams, your mm. favorite team. I love Williams. Daniel Ricciardo, who technically should have a seat, could potentially not have a seat. I think everyone's over Daniel Ricciardo. Ooh, a hot take. Yeah. This is difficult for the athlete. I mean, they're really driving race by race. They don't even know what's next year. They don't even know where they'll be. Exactly. Yeah. So they're trying to prove themselves in this back half of the season if there isn't a contract in the works. So, yeah. So we are in the height of silly season. Meanwhile, Sebastian Vettel's just drinking a Mai Tai with his feet up going, you guys can have it. Polishing his trophies. He does have three kids. He's probably a little oh, bit busy shit. on vacation. He, you know what? He may come back. Give us a quick break, and we'll be back. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. 
Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, guys. It's Steve Covino from Covino & Rich. Here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota Dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. So who's the other guy? And I know his name, but it's it's Daddy Stroll's son. Yes, we have can done. he race? Can he drive? He can. Okay, so that is very important. Yes, again, if he's just a dipshit that can't drive and is playing off dad's money, then I'm angry. But if he can, if he can drive, it's a different story. Yeah, there have also been worse pay drivers in history. Okay, than, so Lance Stroll is who we're talking about here. He's in her, his his early twenties. I wouldn't go so far as to say that Lance is polarizing. He's just kind of there. Yeah. He's not even a driver you love to hate. Like, he's just kind of there. Yeah. Um, he does have some racing chops. Like, he, he did, you know, do well in the junior formulas. Again, it's not like he was in 10th place and then got this seat. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he has, yeah, he won the some, uh, a Formula 4 championship, a Formula 3 championship in those junior categories. Um, and to date, he has gotten three podiums in Formula 1 and a pole position. So, you know, he, he does know how to drive. And, and yes, we can debate... You know, some of those races were a little funky. But again, that's mm-hmm. the sport, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's you show up and you never know what's going to happen. No one wants to root for the kid that's like dad bottom entrance into the tournament. But if he just wins, everybody will stop saying that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like he's like, it's like he's just having enough results for us to not like go there all the way. Yeah. And he does have like, a couple of brilliant moves here yeah. and there, even if yeah. it's on a podium. You know, so... 
he's also has made some real blusters of error. You know, so it's like the blunders have been there. Stroll is not looking where he's going. He completely shunted into my car. He's hard to root for. He's hard to root for, but he's also hard to like truly despise. Yeah, like yeah. there's not yeah. he's not a villain, for instance, personality wise. He's not ganging up on other drivers. Yeah. yeah. And some of them really have treated him with some some like disrespect over the years. What the fuck is this dickhead doing? I got damaged, boys, I need a box. I got wing damage. Cunt. You're not necessarily sympathetic, but you're like, eh, okay, that's kind of shitty. You yeah, know, like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's almost, I think you would agree, like, worse sometimes to not have any feeling about someone. It's like in comedy, if the audience loves you, great. If they hate you, they at least were paying attention and, and, and were responding to you. But yeah. when they're on their phone, you're kind of like, I don't even know how you feel about me. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. People are on their phone when Lance comes <laughs> when around. Lance walks yeah. in the room. Maybe Lance needs to get out of his dad's shadow and go race for somebody else if they'd have him because then then we might actually see his personality i don't know honestly pretty nice guy all things considered i think he gets a bad rep because his dad is a literal supervillain billionaire this is nicole sievers once again lance stroll early on was a little bit of a whiner and you were like oh daddy's money right um but i think he's really grown into his role at Aston Martin in F1. And so there's a lot of conversation around paid drivers now. And people often feel like paid drivers don't deserve their spot in Formula One. And, you know, I think we used to hold this same opinion. But if they can continue to do really well and prove themselves in the sport, then what does that really say about the term paid driver anymore? Again, this is a business and it costs hundreds of millions of dollars to run a team every single year you yeah. need money and you need to pay people salaries yeah um, and not everyone can win the championship every year so i i don't think that the paid driver terminology should be used as negatively anymore yeah. um and so that's why i am becoming a lance stroll apologist the question though is could Would, he get on a team yeah, could he get on a team exactly yeah, without without daddy stroll right and the answer is no no <laughs> all right Yohai has a strong opinion on this one. Well, he likes Yuki, who basically got on the team because of Honda engines. So <laughs> Stop slandering Yuki. <laughs> so I would say, interestingly, there are people who are kind of at least intrigued by Aston Martin. If I had to sum up, like, the pitch for mm-hmm, Aston Martin, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's a lot of hope that, you know, you have certain midfield teams, like, let's say Alpha Tauri, right? We mm-hmm. know they're never going to be able to, like, beat Red Bull because that would be a cataclysmic event for Red Bull. You kind of know that Alpha Tauri has has, you know, there's a question of the ceiling for Alpha Tauri, right? Mm-hmm. As a, you know, they're a midfield team, they're going to be a midfield team. I think there is hope that Aston Martin because they do a lot of money and even if they're struggling right now, there is a hope that they that they can be a little less stagnant, right? Yeah, why couldn't they take off? Yeah, exactly. So so if you want a team where you're like, hey, there can be a little more yeah. A little bit more of like a Russian roulette situation here. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. But in a good way. They have they have the brand name. You know, that's what's so helpful because someone like me who's so new to the sport, I, I just recognize the name right away. Unlike Alpine or Williams, who I still don't know, or the other team. So I can't remember. No, yeah. Like, it's a memorable brand. There's a lot of experimentation going on. And I think that that's really intriguing at the very least yeah. about Aston yeah. Martin as a team. Yeah. There was quite a few people where they were just kind of asked, you know, aside from like the, the championship winners, everyone can make a case for a Mercedes or Red Bull. Like, who else on the grid, especially like midfield, are you excited about? And Aston Martin was one where this, yeah, this point kept coming up hmm. of, you know, hey, they, they, there's potential there. It's a question if they're going to, you know, rise to that potential. But 
there's more there's more there to be kind of unpacked or unearthed than with certain other teams yeah. that are maybe midfield or yeah. even back of the pack. I mean, my pitch for Lance is I bet you there's more there from a personality and a depth standpoint if he can ever get out of dad's shadow. Now, he may not even have a car if it wasn't for dad. So that's complicated. Exactly. But I want every man or woman to become their own person outside of their parents. So mm-hmm. that would be me rooting for Lance saying, hey, dude, go walk the Pacific Crest Trail away from his family and become this man that, that we, is somewhere buried deep inside him. So you want, you want like therapy for Lance. I want therapy <laughs> and I want him to like – throw metaphorical punches at the at his dad and say like I'm my own man and you know like uh but that's not going to happen. Okay, yeah. so first of all, yeah, how are we feeling about Aston Martin entering the mix with all the other teams? Cuz now we we have talked about I think seven teams now out of the 10, so we're we're two-thirds of the way there. Well, green's my favorite color. We didn't even talk about this. You're wearing a green shirt right now. Do you have a Aston Martin Car on your computer? Yes, I Can do. I see it? Let me, hold on. Let me this is on. not my team. This is not my team. But um, I do like Sebastian Vettel very much. And I love the brand name, Aston mm-hmm. Martin, a lot. Mm-hmm. And that that car is awesome looking. That is sweet. It's, it's like sharp. a forest green. It's like yeah. a – it's a beautiful, beautiful car. So, uh, wow. That thing looks fucking yeah. fast. Yeah. Um, so I, I like them now. They're my team. <laughs> no, but this is not my team, and that's Daddy's problem. That's that's your fault, Dad. Daddy Stroll. But also, VJ didn't help either, did he? Uh, I just so, like VJ. I don't like him, like, but it's just like this team. Yeah, yeah. The, the billion, yeah, the billionaire playground yeah, personified yeah, yeah. between these different rich guys. It is amazing how much diversity in personality we've had with all these teams. I don't, I don't. I'm not saying diversity and anything else. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you think, okay, rich people. How many different stories can there be? There's a lot of different stories. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different stories, and that is fun and fascinating. And at the end of the day, you start here and you finish here, and who gets there first? It's it's cool. So so overall here, and we'll ask Rob for his opinion too in a second. Give a yeah. shit about Rob and Yohai. <laughs> can I get a curtain up on this thing so we don't have to see him? <laughs> so we're okay. Like I said, we're two thirds of the way through. Where are we at in terms of, let's start with teams. All right, so I'm going to say Ferrari and Alpha Tori right now are my two favorite teams. Ooh. Isn't that nuts? Ooh. And I don't like Red Bull. Ooh. Get this shit out of my face, Lily. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was going to have to move to the weird Red Bull flavors if there was another one. Yeah, so but, yeah. the bull bile will not strike again. Yeah. Okay, and then driver-wise, I know there's more drivers to, to talk about. But... I like George Russell. I like Checo. And I dig Pierre, too. Yeah. Does that answer some questions? That does. Okay. Rob, okay. how are we feeling after Aston well, let me Martin? Just, let me just turn my headphones off. <laughs> Our opinions are actually lining up. Yes! On, cool. on the teams. I think those are my top two teams as well. Okay. Oh, interesting. Um, drivers, we have a tiny bit of a difference. All good. Who, who are you vibing with? Definitely Leclerc. Yes. I think he's like going to be a big winner. It's just, it's so interesting to learn more. But I think Leclerc... And Esteban Ocon are my favorite drivers. I just love this entire very yeah, chaotic podium for you. <laughs> Your top three, yeah. Is there an Alfa Romeo team? I've always loved that brand. We'll get to Alfa Romeo, but before Alfa Romeo... 
the team we are talking about next. Come on! It is Williams. Williams! <laughs> no idea what they are, who they are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely no idea. Uh, it's been teased the entire season, but we're going to talk about Williams, which one of the most storied brands on the grid, storied team, a yeah. lot of wins, a lot yeah. of triumphs. They have fallen on hard times, yeah. and they are trying to claw their way back up the grid. But yeah. it is it is going to be a long, arduous process. I will say they are one of the most wholesome teams on the grid. They've had some intriguing drivers as mm-hmm. of late. Mm-hmm. And I think that I, amongst a lot of the teams, I think Williams fans are some of the most die-hard, cool. passionate people. Cool. I think I think it's one thing to cheer for a Red Bull or a Mercedes, yeah. but imagine cheering for a team that didn't score points for several years after being a team that used to win championships. Those are real fans. Yeah. So Williams is our next episode. Awesome. Thank you, Lily. Thank you. This has been Choosing Sides, F1, a production of Sports Illustrated Studios and iHeartRadio. The show is hosted by Michael Costa and Lily Herman. This episode was produced by Lily Herman and our senior producer, Yochai Maital, who also did the sound design. At the Cutting Room Studios, we are recorded by engineer Rob O'Leary II. Mastering by Cella Weisblum. Max Miller is the executive producer. And Brandon Getchus is head of audio at SI Studios. At iHeartRadio, Sean Titone is our executive producer. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to us and leave a review. And if you want more F1 goodness, follow us on Instagram at Choosing Sides F1. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to, like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 
6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Brakes? We can save you 15% on that. We have OE-quality Duralask brake pads and rotors in stock, ready for pickup or delivery. We also have calipers, brake fluid, tools, and anything else you'll need to do the job right. When you get Duralask pads and rotors together, you'll save 15%. It's just part of what makes us America's number one brakes destination. Get in zone, auto zone.